All right, we ready? Yep. Blake, you ready? Yep. Or are you or are you texting? No, I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm here. Okay. All right, let's do it. Three. <laughs> fucking Blake, Jesus Christ! Can you sit down <laughs> no, a little bit? You cut your fucking head off. No, Thank keep you. going. That stupid fucking grin. All right. You don't like three. Just my forehead. No, it's okay. not the forehead. Are you gonna count us in or what? Well, I'm trying to, but you keep fucking doing shit. Okay, three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, once again to Geezers and the Kid. So... We Do we tell people that, that this was a do-over? <laughs> yeah, we'll tell them it's a do-over because we're... I guess we've been posting on social show. media that it's... Yeah, they know. Weird. They know. This is uh, this is a, a redo of this past weekend, uh, Saturday. It is now Thursday, the 8th of April today. Uh, we had recorded last Saturday with our good friend Corey here, and everything went to shit. So I think that's the easy way to put it across. But we're back... Uh, I'm here again. Aaron, what's up, brother? Good. Good, good. Blake? I'm here. great. I just here. spent five hours out at Ikea and struck two oh. and bought, like, we completely revamped our entire living room, and I'm really oh, excited. Wow. Maybe Bed Bath cool. & Beyond later on, too. Who knows? Right? Only if there's time. Yeah, only if there's time. Got a big Sunday plan. <laughs> yeah putting shit together with an allen wrench no eric is doing that right now well i do oh. this well, let's be honest, they, then let's nice be honest. they got to keep the mechanically inclined one building everything he just does everything yeah. else for him so i'll yeah. full i fully embrace that yeah. and it's not because i'm incapable it's because i'm so impatient Corey, you've built bikes with me how many hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours did we spend building bikes and it wasn't that i wasn't i did a great job when it was done but i got very frustrated and impatient throughout the process i would definitely say that you have the temperament of a seven-year-old so yeah, yes I, right. I agree with you i've been golfing with him a couple of times i know what that's like <laughs> he gets super frustrated super easy and super scared of birds which is also really fun we've talked about this before i'm yeah. not going to bring it up anymore that's good <laughs> so <laughs> so here with Corey uh Walby, uh blake this is your boy um do you have anything to say that's nice, or are you going to just keep it? Not, not usually, but I will for the sake of what we're doing here. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll keep the gloves on for this one. So, Corey, Corey. no, don't feel free. <laughs> <Shit> <laughs> <away>. <laughs> it actually completely defeats the purpose of what we're doing here if you do that. So yeah. it's all good. If you just be nice to him the entire time, we probably just won't release this episode. So it's good. Yeah, people, people will be like, wait a minute, what? Why is this one different? Why, um, why is this guy so nice? Why is this friend of Blake so nice to him? Because no one else. I also does. like to acknowledge that Aaron's mouth is moving, but we can't hear him. Yeah, Aaron? that's okay. Now we can. Now we hear there you. he is. Uh, so Corey is Corey is a friend of mine. <laughs> We've been friends for. We talked about this in our first go, like fifteen years ish. Uh, what is it? Yeah, actually, 15, 16 years. Yep. I started with Blake was seven. when I was 15 <laughs> and I try yeah, and get him young I'm 30 yeah 15 16 somewhere in there and so 
then obviously we all we both progressed in our lives but have remained friends you don't have what i would call a normal career because you've done so many different things yeah and you kind of have a day job but you also have another job and then when i when when it was the same thing when you and i worked together you kind of had your day job and then you did like you did a lot of the photography and like so you know i always you like you always talked about your photography mm-hmm. when we were at sport check but tell us about that so like Tell us kind of how all that started, you know? So, I, I mean, let's, I mean, if you want, we can take it right back to the start. Like my dad was a photographer. So I grew up in Northern circle Man- to what you do now. That's why it, I think it really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so we were from Northern Manitoba, born and raised up in Thompson. Um, yeah. Like we didn't have a whole lot of amenities up there. So when my dad, who was a photographer for the mine up there, um, when he decided to build his own dark room in the house. Um, I took an interest in it and I started shooting at five years old. Uh, I learned how to use fully manual cameras, um, learned how to develop film, learned how to shoot with aperture priority, with shutter priority, like all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, a lot of people probably don't understand a lot of that stuff nowadays, just because everything is such point and shoot. Um, and that's, it's just one of those things, right? Like how are these cellular phones that work? You know what? It's, it's funny because when I was actually coming up and digital cameras actually, man, this dates me. Um, when digital cameras started coming out, we actually said that the digital camera was going to be the death of the photographer, um, which now looking back on it is completely the opposite. It has revolutionized the way that people work. Um, it's technology. It's just one of those things, right? Like, I mean, uh, going back to some of the stuff that I used to shoot, like I used to do a lot of skateboard and snowboard photography. Um, and if you ever wanted to get anything into print, which again, some people might not understand what that is, but that's a magazine. Um, you actually, you <laughs> actually know. had to shoot it. It's Blake so has bad. no idea what you're talking about. No, 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 no. About. I, I grew up on Transworld snow and skate. Skateboard magazine. Concrete powder, thrasher. Yeah, yeah thrasher. Um, Snowboard Canada, like Snowboard Canada was one of the biggest ones that I had a part of. Um, and it was very cool. But the thing is, though, is that if you wanted to get published in that, you couldn't just shoot like regular color film that you could just buy at the corner store. You had to shoot stuff called slide film. Um, now, slides, again, that's going to date me a lot further as well. But slides are just, they're crisper, they're cleaner. You get much better resolution. You can blow them up. You can do a hundred different things with it. So that's the only thing something is, though, that we talked about on Saturday that I didn't follow because maybe that's a me outdating thing. So with no, the slide not- film, so with the slide film, so when I see when I when I look in Transworld and I see, you know, Travis Rice flying off something in the backcountry and I see four hundred pictures. Yep. Is that what that is, or is slide film just the type of film and you were able to do that with it? Okay, so with cameras, um, they actually do something called a frames per second, and what yeah. that is is the amount of times that the aperture and shutter open up and close within a second. Um, and most guys that were worth their weight in anything when they were shooting, um, they would be shooting 90% of the time with Canon. Um, and Canon actually had a camera that was shooting eight frames a second. So you can imagine how fast that thing would move. You could get literally, you could fire off. A, uh, so uh, let's slow this down a little bit. So with slide film or any kind of film, you can get something that has 12 exposures, 24 exposures, 36 exposures. So that's how many shots that you can get on one single roll. 
Now in a sequence shot, which is what I'm talking about with those frames per second, it shows the sequence of events that happen when you're actually taking it. So, I mean, you could take a look at anything like in backcountry, a lot of those guys, when you could throw a smooth, like backside 360 coming up over a lip or something like that, and you get that progressive shot where it's bang, 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 bang. And you see that guy slowly rotating yeah. and you see just how majestic it looks. It's beautiful, but that normally costs the photographer one roll of film. That roll of film was roughly 15 bucks, 16 bucks for that roll just to buy it. Holy shit. Yeah. And then to go and get it developed after that, the development cost was normally about $10, $12, depending on where you went. So here's the fun thing is that you could fire <laughs> off 20 rolls in a day. Easy. Like that, that was norm. Like it, we would go out for skate sessions and I would normally blow through like 12 rolls and I'd have to run back to my place, go and pick up some yeah. more and yeah. then head back out again. Like it was just constant, right? But the biggest problem that you had though is you never know if you actually hit it or not. Like the biggest problem that you had is did I get the like did I get the exposure proper? Yeah, there's no screen is you're it... looking at it on, right? Exactly. And it was it was one of those things that it it was a lot more fun because you'd get your stuff back, you'd take a look at it, and you'd be so pumped when you had a photo, right. like one shot turnout. Um, a couple of us back home, we would always talk about it. And one of the things that we would say is if on a roll of 36, you had anywhere from four to six shots turnout, man, you are you're batting a thousand at that point because that role just made itself worthwhile. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, film, it, it was a different beast because it was so much more enjoyable to actually get that stuff. Like I actually still have um, a cabinet out of my garage that's still filled with all of my slide film, all of my black and white stuff, everything that I've shot. Um, and I hold on to it more for sentimental value, but more than anything else, there's a couple shots in there that I know are still bangers. And one day I'm going to print them out, but I'm just too lazy to go through it all right now. So right. So well, I'm just what was it? Go on. One more time, Aaron. We were talking about what was the transition like for photography wise? So I uh I actually I used to work for a snowboard company um doing PR for them. So I was actually doing uh the photography, I was handling the red, riders, I was is that red yeah, Baron? that was yeah, that was Red Baron. So tell um, us who Red Baron is. I know who they are, but so Red Baron, they they're not actually a company anymore. Um, no. but back when I was working for them, though, they were apparel uh, an apparel company. So they would do jackets, pants, um, spring pullovers. You'd get into like sweaters and stuff like that. Um, we had some pretty some pretty solid names lined up on that back in the day. Like back when we were actually pushing the line, um, we had Dwayne Weeb that was riding for us. Um. Like we, Dwayne, we was a huge name back then. I'm not sure if he's still riding right now, but I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of out of the scene a little bit now. I'm a little bit older. I've got kids. Well, so that's I'm not... going back what? 20 years, 15, <clears throat> at years? least 20, at least 20 years now. Yeah. So, so, um, but yeah, so I mean, the progression that happened for me was learning how to shoot with my dad. Um, just doing stills photography, learning how to actually work the camera, all that kind of stuff. Growing up, I became a skateboarder. I became a snowboarder. Um, I, I learned how to do different things, but at the same time, the love of photography was always there. So that was that natural progression for me to be able to shoot that stuff. Then all of a sudden I realized, you know, you can actually start making some money if you shoot some weddings. So all of a sudden wedding photographer, yeah. <laughs> um, which I'm not going to lie is one of the worst jobs in the world. I don't care what anybody says. There's so much stress. You have to deal with so many people. And if you don't get that one shot, you have to shoot it 18 more times to make sure you get that shot. Right. Yeah. Like Aaron, um, think about, think about Casey, our photographer at our wedding that she was superwoman. Like she was everywhere. She yep. followed, like it was, I, I mean, she was pretty expensive 
from what some of the other stuff we compared to and mm-hmm. eric and i to this day are like every single penny like she we paid every single like it, it she's she was photographers amazing. photographers are worth their weight in gold if you can find one that has an angle has an eye has a specific thing that they are good at man it is amazing you can get a lot of these photographers uh, nowadays with all the digital photography and everything like that. Everybody thinks they're a photographer. You yeah. can go online and you could throw a stone and, and you would hit, I'd say, 20 photographers in any given part of any city that we all did, say, yeah, we I'm did a photographer. It. We, went through, we went through that looking for one for our wedding. But that's the thing, though, is that all of these people who say that they're a photographer, yeah, well, they've done some portraits for some friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you actually get somebody that is immersed in the photography they are immersed in their craft i mean it's the same thing as saying like um oh god for the lack of a better term like somebody that can build a canoe right um you can go buy one from canadian tire and it's not going to cost you a whole hell of a couple hundred bucks for a piece of plastic and exactly but you get somebody that can actually craft it and they have their actual hands into it and they're immersed into it like there's i think there's a guy named garrett uh garrett 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 fish um he's in winnipeg um he actually does a lot of uh like canoeing uh whitewater rafting all that kind of stuff but he actually works in a place um that does a lot of the building does a lot of the repairs all that kind of stuff and you can tell the difference it's the same thing as photography right like you can he tell the difference between paddles, somebody that's think, right well he does yes he does that he does repairs on boats um on canoes on kayaks like all that kind of stuff i actually um, think that he so my parents have become immersed in canoeing Okay. They've just become infatuated with it. They just retired about a month and a bit, well, two months ago, actually now almost. Um, they're infatuated with canoeing and this is kind of off topic, but they got like a pretty, like a nice canoe. It's um, whatever, but they, um, the Royal Bank who they work for, um, their team got to get hurt. My mom's team and, and the employees, they all got together and they bought her and my dad Um these handcrafted handmade paddles and it's funny because my sister and i did the same thing from a different company in ontario Mm -hmm. and but these things are like we my sister and i waited almost three months two and a half months for it to come they're waiting like two three months for theirs because every and we got the paddles that my sister and i bought they're beautiful like i never thought i'd give a shit about a canoe paddle but you can just see and, and this ties into what you're saying you just see how hard these people worked to make these and every little notch and every little everything about it is just perfection and that's, that's like photography yeah and that's just it's with any with anything right like any kind right. of yeah. art any craft anything like that if you see somebody that actually takes pride in what they're doing that they have learned to become better and all that kind of stuff i mean that's that's the whole thing right like i mean um, just going back into the wedding photography, right? Like you can see guys that are out there that are just pure wedding photographers, but that's what they do. And you can see the difference. Like, I mean, you could take me right now doing food photography. I could go and shoot a wedding. Yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of cool. There'd be a couple of instances where I get some interesting shots, but the problem is that I'm not a wedding photographer. Like I just, I, I would like to say that I could still do it, but I, I don't think that I could. There's just so many people out there nowadays that can't. So Anyways, back to what we were talking about, because we're going to come back to circle on that. So I did the photography. I did the wedding photography. I was trying to make bank. I was trying to save up money. Let's be honest. Everybody wants it, right? Yeah. Um, 
but when I was doing the work with Red Baron, I got really burnt out trying to do everything at once, right? Like I was trying to make money. I was trying to get my name out there. I was trying to grind. I was hustling. I was doing everything I could. I was shooting at night. I was working during the day. I was editing in my spare time. Like I just, there was just everything that I was doing that I could do, right? So I had to take a break. And I said, you know what? That's it. And I moved back up into Thompson, um, back to my hometown. And I ended up working at the mine up there because again, I was trying to save money like most people do. Um, upon which at a curling bond spiel, I met my wife. So that was an interesting story. Um, <laughs> How Canada is that? Oh my God. <laughs> I met my wife oh. at a curling, at a curling bond. So yeah. <laughs> short, short story on that one real quick. I went to the curling bond spiel. So that was the year of Vancouver Olympics. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was Vancouver Olympics. Is what it, yeah, so Vancouver Olympics. Um, I don't know if you guys watched any of the curling then, but the Norwegian men's team, they went out in like polka dot pants. And those, those pants, pants, they're those loud pants were amazing. That's John, oh Daly. My God. That's John Daly's company. Those are loudmouth no. golf pants. So, but they went out and they went balls out. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, I own two pairs of 1970s leisure suit pants. <laughs> Full on like Chesterfield colored plaid, just the gnarliest things you've the ever itchiest, seen. Itchiest, sweatiest things you could put on, probably. But but they're so beautiful. Um, <laughs> so I wore <laughs> I wore that to perfection. with oh really? like you you have no idea the cuffs in them, and I actually had them like I I ironed them so that the pleat right down the middle was just oh yeah that was it was such a crisp push. You're, I'm a suit um, guy. You're speaking it, my language right now. No, it's no, it's not a wonder you picked up that night. You oh, <laughs> so, so I'm wearing these pants. I'm wearing a red collared shirt, the brightest red collared shirt that I could find. I'm wearing a pair of blue shorts or blue, uh, blue shoes. And I can't even remember which hat I was wearing at the time, but I'm standing there trying to do up my shoes. I've got one leg up on the third step of the bench. So you know, I've got this beautiful pose going on, just showing off everything that my mom gave me. She walks in the door, sees me, has no idea who I am, turns around, turns around walks and walks away. <laughs> walks away. <laughs> she, meets up, she meets up with her friend who I'm actually supposed to be curling with all of them. And she says, I don't know who that geek is, but I don't want to be a part of it. <laughs> she walks in, her friend introduces us. The first thing she says to me is, hi, my name is Nicole. You're not going to like me. I'm not good people. Challenge accepted. By the end of the night, now we you're married were with two kids. Three, three sheets to the wind. We're <laughs> dancing down the ice. I'm in the hack, about to throw one of the rocks down there. Mind you, I'm in a pair of 1970s leisure suit pants. I come out of the hack full bore. I split it from taint all the way past my background. <laughs> the only saving grace that I had for that thing was that I was wearing a pair of Under Armour shorts underneath it so that my balls didn't fall out. <laughs> I'm going down the ice, still letting go of that rock. She falls onto the ice. Nuts dragging on the ice. So that play finishes up, and I'm like, well, okay, I got to go change pants. Now, remember what I said. I own two pairs. So I went into the bathroom, <laughs> I changed into the second one, came back yes. out. Everybody lost their mind, but I stayed in character the whole time. Um, Amazing. The running story is that we were we were never supposed to be friends, but we have actually now owned three different houses. We have two kids, a dog, and couldn't be happier. So there you go she's actually this... amazing too and that's part of the shocking like that's a big shocking part of this story is that i met her for the because you moved away yeah. so i had never met her 
and then you guys came back two summers ago and yeah. we so you and i hadn't seen each other we talked we hadn't actually seen each other in a long time and i'd never met nicole and eric and my wife is she, she gets you know a little nervous meeting new people and uh we went to king's head and we were we had a couple beers we had some food and i was like we're not just gonna meet for a beer or two and leave we ended up going back to my place we drank all night we had an awesome time like you know and eric is like i don't want i don't i don't want them to go home i'm like yeah like it it it's it's amazing that you guys well that she has dealt with you for as long as she has yeah, she's a saint to be completely honest with you i don't deserve <laughs> somebody like her i i am i'm am a terrible person this is I am a this is a common theme she's a nurse she amongst... saves people for a living like she's oh just my God. yeah she's she is a nurse she was a nurse educator um she has more knowledge than i will ever accrue in the rest of my life tenfold um she puts up with my bullshit she has she gave me two of the greatest kids ever um I'm, I'm hoping she doesn't listen to this because if she doesn't, <laughs> this, <laughs> this is it. Don't, don't worry, Corey. This is a running theme um, amongst at least Blake and I that we're, we're baffled. We're baffled. Yeah. We baffled have... is, is an understatement as to how it is that first off, A, we got a wife <laughs> and, and B, we have, have yeah. kept said wife. Kind, caring, as, attractive as women that actually have stayed with us. It's shocking. Yeah. It's... I have always said that I have kept her mildly sedated for the last 12 <laughs> years. Is the only way I've done it too. Yeah. yeah. I've done it too. We're yeah, in year, absolutely. Eric and I are in year 11. So it's, uh, it's a miracle. It's a scary thing. So uh, I will, I will say that uh, not this September coming up, but next September, 2022 will be our 20th wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. So that's beyond me that <laughs> that she's put geezer, up with me for that geezer, and, and, and geezer, i mean geezer geezer yeah, i know i've been married for more than three quarters of your life you so. got married so if you're turning if this is year 20 you got married when i was 10 years old 2002 i was 11 years old yeah, oh. yeah. but we've been together since since 2000 so oh. there you are i like anyway sorry we're, we're we've gone way far off we really have uh, you but that's okay that's what we, we were talking do. about like pictures and shit i don't know <laughs> yeah right a camera is what <laughs> but the but... cameras oh right <laughs> we, oh there's a guest here <laughs> but the... still, stills still pictures what are we yeah, talking uh, about here? what's yeah. a slip a slip and slide film is that what it was oh yeah um, that's exactly it so but this <laughs> transitions into so i mean like i said you have your day job now i've it's a just a day job well it's okay so right now um so when uh, you know what? Let's let's talk about Saturday Night Test Kitchen. This is just going to be that's where I'm going. That's where I'm going. Okay, so let's just do this. Um, so I, I took a break from photography. I did a little bit of shooting here and there with the family, shooting the kids. Just I didn't really pick up the camera anymore. I had all my gear, but I just it just kind of fell by the wayside. You did right? favors for us too, like the charity that Aaron and I were that Aaron oh, and I are uh, on. Like Aaron, you weren't around then yet, but Corey shot the original. So the original Battle of the Bands, Corey shot that. Like you, you did some charity work for us as well when you weren't really doing a lot of photography. Like it's still okay, there. So, oh, absolutely. And I mean, back back when I was still in Winnipeg, I was uh, I, I used to do band photography quite often. I do a lot right. of the metal shows. Um, yeah. Uh, Joey Snap. Joey Snap. She's our uh, Snap. Uh, yeah. Anyways, Joey's. Yeah. She's a. 
and she's a beautiful person. She is an amazing lady. She's got a great eye for so many different things. Um, she actually was kind of coming up when I was kind of leaving the scene kind of thing. Um, and I'm so glad that somebody like her was able to be there for it because man, she is an amazing photographer. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but sorry. She totally is. Oh, and yeah, like she's just, she's got the eye for it. It's just, that's again, one of those things I was talking about when you're being a, like, when you're an actual photographer, you have an eye right. or you don't. And she's one of those people that just did. So, um, but yeah, I used to do all these kind of things, but it was never, it was never what it was, I guess is what I could say. It was never what it used to be where I was fully immersed into it. And now all of a sudden it's just, everybody knew I was a photographer. Everybody knew I had a camera. Um, I shot a couple of weddings here and there for friends, but more so just for fun and because I was able to do it. Um, but anyways, okay, so flash forward where I met the wife. Okay, cool. We moved into Surrey. Um, I get a job as an electrician, um, but my passion for cooking starts to kind of steamroll a little bit more. Um, and then we start doing things like dinner parties for friends and dinners on Saturday nights and just kind of steamrolls into all of a sudden we have a friend over for dinner one night and she says you should really get onto instagram and start posting some of these pictures and i was always the most anti-social media person ever like i i had a facebook account but the only reason i had it is so that my wife could tag me and stuff so that my parents could see it i was never on it um and the same thing like i, <laughs> and I you like have... talking to me on facebook messenger oh uh, the occasional time but that was only if you kept sending no, me pictures doesn't. and i had to tell you to stop so um we won't tell anybody what those pictures were of uh, anyways um, so yeah it just was kidding. it just it turned into one of those things where she kind of pushed me into getting into instagram so once i got onto instagram i would take terrible photos absolutely terrible and i wish i still had those on my account but the food photos that i was taking were just horrendous um but i didn't know what i was doing I had to learn had to figure it out so i actually did a lot of research did a lot of practicing going into that now and even just looking back at it right now it's amazing how difficult a food picture actually is to make something look delicious and to actually like to, to make food that's good is one thing but to be able to take a picture and translate it into exactly how you're feeling or to use lighting to change something like it, it's just there's so much so more subtle there's so many more subtle nuances than what I was accustomed to. So it took me a while to do it. Um, but all of a sudden it turned into, okay, now people are starting to follow me. This is kind of cool. And okay, now I'm starting to get some people that are actual like chefs that are checking out some of the stuff I'm doing. Well, now I'm starting to get my tires pumped. I'm starting to get a big head. Like this is kind of cool. Um, but the name uh, Saturday Night Test Kitchen born from us just doing Saturday night dinners and, and to this day still, um, there's only like a handful of recipes. I think I've done more than like two or three times and the wife hates it because I, I can't cook the same thing over and over because if I do, I can't get photos of it. And that's right. my end game, right? Like I'm, yeah. my end game is to create a recipe and to be able to put it to people and say, look, you can do this with these six ingredients. But at the same time, every Tuesday night, isn't going to be the same ground beef taco Tuesday. Like it's going to be something different each time. Um, yeah. which she hates because there's a couple of dishes that she absolutely loves and she has to fight me to make them. So, right. But I want to take pictures. Give me something different. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, so now, um, now that we've moved, so we, we were in Langley in September, 
um, decided to sell our house and moved to Kamloops. We wanted a slower life. We needed to slow down. Both of us were working too much. Like I was an electrician. I was doing my food photography <clears throat> stuff, like my side hustle. It was just, it was too much for me. I didn't really she was know why working. you guys moved. Like you called me and I kind of helped you a bunch with the financing side of it with questions and stuff you guys had just because yeah, you guys had kind of a weird experience with that. And you kind of called me or like, does this, does this make sense? And I was like, yeah, no, 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 it doesn't. But we never actually got into a conversation as to why, why you guys decided to move. Okay. So there was, there was three contributing factors to it. Um, when we decided to move from Langley into Kamloops um, one weekend, we had to go to Walmart to go and pick up some like toiletries and stuff like that from our house to Walmart and back should have only taken us 40 minutes. took us two and a half hours. And I'd say two of those hours were spent in the car. It was Holy ridiculous. God. It was traffic or um, the whole lower mainland is expanding at such a rate right now that traffic like we only lived in langley for four and a half years almost five years um and i would say the population there probably went up about fifty thousand people during that time that's insane it's it was unbelievable the amount of lots that were being purchased by developers and taking two or three houses and all of a sudden they built a condo there um there was one spot in willoughby which was literally across the bridge from us so like a seven minute drive um, that whole section used to be like uh, marshland, treed out areas, that kind of thing. Um, there's four condos that are probably about a, like 200 like 200 unit condos on that section of land. Like it's insane. I That's cannot massive. believe it. I cannot imagine trying to raise a child over there. Like trying to find a school, trying to find a yeah. place to park, trying to find like daycares, oh, all of that like, kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, another contributing factor is that Nick was literally driving an hour to work, um, which was a great job. She loved the job, um, but it turned into a very political job and she's a nurse first and foremost. She's not somebody that's looking to run a hospital or anything like that, which is why she took the educator position because she wanted to be able to actually teach people. Um, but it just, it, it turned into just a nightmare for her. Um, so much so that she literally came home one day, walked into the bedroom. I followed her in. She laid down on the bed and she's like, I'm done. We're moving, that's it can't do it um yeah and then the other big contributing factor um was everybody was trying to be the jones out there like it's we lived in an area that if you didn't have a completely redone kitchen or if you didn't have a house that looked fantastic like our house our house was amazing we had a corner lot and our front yard was actually a small pie and the backyard was the big size and our backyard was so big that i could throw a hardball from one corner to the other far end, but I could not throw a straight line. I had to arc it. It was that, like, it was, yeah. it was such a big backyard. Yeah. Um, but like our house cost so much money. I won't give you guys any details on it. Um, but when we sold, um, we sold for a really, really good price. And three months later, places that are smaller than ours with less square footage and smaller yards and all that kind of stuff are actually selling for 200 to $250,000 more than what we sold. Um, like it, the market's insane. Gotta love are, Vancouver. Oh, like, and, but the thing is though, is that everybody down there won't admit to being broke. Like Nick and I, we worked our asses off. And you, you it's not sustainable. This is what I don't understand because so like when I, so I was a mortgage specialist. This is all I did. I went to a training camp, I guess you could call it, 
in uh, Edmonton. So prairies and West Coast all met in the middle. And I, I have, I'm having conversations with these people um, and, and they're talking about how much, like how much their, their houses cost and how much they're, but I'm like, but, but you're not the, the, the wage gap is not there. Like you're not the, 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 someone that's making $50,000 in Winnipeg is not making $75,000 in BC. Maybe they're making 55 or $60,000, but the, the house that's 300,000 in Winnipeg is five, $600,000 in BC. Like they're not, there's, they're not correlating properly. And I've never understood how, people survive like i really genuinely don't understand how people survive do you know how we survived lots of alcohol well, um yeah <laughs> but you also you also both you and nick both work in jobs where you can work overtime where like you but guys we you were guys killing your asses we were, off we were killing ourselves and we never that's got my point though. and right. it was just yeah. where where's the breaking point right like i mean how right. many of these people out here right now are saying, you know what, I will work everything I can to be in this coveted neighborhood in this house with this school, because that's what I want for a lifestyle. And I don't care if people don't know it, but I'm going to go to cry myself to sleep every night. That's, that's what was happening with a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I was never <clears throat> wanting to be a part of that. And Nick didn't want to be a part of it until finally we realized, you know what, we just, we can't sustain this anymore. Like Nick was going to put herself in the ground with how much she was working. Like she really, you guys are way too down to earth to be worrying about the size of your lot compared to your neighbors and fucking renovating your kitchen and shit. It wasn't so much that it was, it was more the fact that like everybody, like somebody just went and bought a new camper trailer. Okay, well, that person just bought a new camper trailer. Now, all of a sudden, this other person up the road here, well, they uh-huh. decided, you know what? Now we have to, too. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, you see all these things kind of popping up on the street. And you're like, holy crap, like, we, we can't afford to be here. Like, I, I can't afford to go and buy a camper trailer right now. Like, that's ridiculous. Do you guys fit in? Like, do you, is, that, is that your lifestyle? Oh, and that's, I, right? you know what? That, that wasn't our lifestyle. Our lifestyle yeah. has always been just to be the people that fit in and the people that want to have a good time. And, I mean, Cook you know that. with much. your kids, right? Well, and, and that's just it. Like, I mean, in Walnut Grove, we were known, so we used to throw a pig roast every year. Um, every year that we lived in the house that we were in, we threw a massive party. Um, we would roast up a pig, we'd get a keg, uh, people would come in and bring sides, and it would just be a huge party. It was super fun. But the thing is, though, is that we were the only ones that ever did it. Everybody else was yeah. more concerned about the image that they were putting out and everything else, but we were always the one that were like, you know what, we're throwing this massive party for friends and family and anybody that's in the area before school starts that way. Everybody just gets one more out of their system and has a ton of fun, right? Just come hang out with us. Um, yeah. And it was great. Like the last one that we threw, I think we were upwards of about two, I think it was 175 or 200 people or something like that. Like we drained a keg in a night. We killed a 70 pound pig and a 20 pound ro- like beef roast. Like it was insane. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like we were all going out and everybody was like sloppy drunk and falling over. Like it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a big party, right? It's a family. Thing. Um, but the thing is though, is that we'd been there for four years and nobody else had ever tried to do anything like that. And we just realized all of a sudden that we were living in a very well-respected community, but we didn't have a community. That's kind of what it was it's feeling. A take. It almost feels like a yeah. take. Your take, take. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we had, we had three or four really good family friends. Um, but like our neighbors, I, I had two or three of them that in four and a half years, they didn't say a word to us. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but we were I, just, I, we were done. We were done. That was the whole yeah. thing. That's the reason why we did the move. And to be fair, this move has been probably one of the greatest things that's ever happened to us. So, yeah. So 
the, we I want I want to hear this story again. Mm-hmm. Master Chef Canada. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So we started, and I feel like we, all of we just kind of kept getting off on Saturday. So, like, tell us from the 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 moment where you thought that they were scamming you on Instagram to when it finished. The bre- so we'll start at the breakfast table. Okay. Yeah. So, so like I said, I'm I'm on Instagram. Um, I'm always kind of floating around it. There's always something happening on it. So I'm always kind of just checking it and I get a message and it's from a production company that says, Hey, we really like your stuff. You know, please send us a message. We'll send you an email. We'll get you still up. We want to get you in for this. And I look over at my wife and I'm like, there's no way, like, there's just, there's too many phishing scans that are happening out here right yeah. now. Like I'm just, I don't want to be a part of this. So kind of leave it be. So is this MasterChef Canada's like Instagram account or is this like a representative so, of MasterChef Canada? So it's actually the production company for MasterChef Canada. Okay. So MasterChef Canada is the actual show that's hosted by CBC, but they actually have, oh, for the life of me, I can't remember what the name of the production company is right now, but there's an actual production company that does all the work for it. So Aaron, you'll know more about this kind of stuff. Um, but anyways, it's one of those things that it was the production company and it was actually the producer um, that reached out to me. So they were having tryouts and i mean everybody knows the show mastership canada they do it all through the major cities all that kind of stuff um but i didn't really think anything of it like i just i thought it was kind of ridiculous so later on in the afternoon i get another message saying hey like we really we want you what a world we live in where you cannot trust this big opportunity that's given (laughs) to you because there's so many shitty people telling you that your social insurance number is being scammed and you got to go to jail carry on i (laughs) <laughs> I'm a nice side topic, but anyways, I just had to get that um, out of my system. Yeah, no kidding. Angry young man you are. Um, but anyway, so I, I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's let's just do this. So I filled it out, and they asked for a couple of photos of the dishes that I've been making. They uh, they filled me like they gave me a whole list of things that I need to fill out for it, all that kind of stuff. Sent it in. <clears throat> I get a phone call, and don't recognize the number. It's from Ontario. Well, all right, I'll answer it. It's the producer. She says, Hey, really like your stuff. Can we, or no, sorry. She didn't call me. It was an email saying, Hey, we really like your stuff. I want to do a phone interview with you. And I was like, um, okay. Like I'm still skeptical as hell because yeah. it's just, I mean, let's be honest. Who the hell calls somebody out of the blue and be like, Hey, let's interview you. For One thing my show. dad has taught me and it's sort of cynical, but if it's too good to be true, it probably is. And this is one of those moments where it's like, this just feels incredible, but there's like that doubt that it's like, that, that, what's the catch? What am I missing? What, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, Where's the, the butt? I feel the, the same way. I, yeah. The butt's coming. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, you know what? All right, cool. Like, let's, let's do this. So we set up a time for it. Um, do an hour long interview over the phone with this lady. She is one of the nicest people I've ever talked to on the phone. Um, and she's like, you know what? We don't even need to do a face-to-face meeting. I want you there for the tryouts. And I'm like, excuse me? Um, she's like, yeah, we only offer about 75 tryouts, but we want you there for it. I'm like, cool. Like, when, when is it? She's like, can you make it in three days? I'm like, You're like what? Like, <laughs> I need to be like, I, I work for a living. And she's like, yeah, I get that. But can you get the time off for it? Like, I, I have no idea. She's like, see if you can make it happen. Call me back and let me know. Hang up the phone, squeal like a little girl to my wife. Cause I'm yeah. so excited about this. Like it was, it's I was real. like, there's it's no real. way that this could be happening. <laughs> Um, so I get on the phone with my boss, call him up, 
and I tell him the whole situation from start to finish of what's just happened. His little words are, fuck, Corey, have you been drinking? I'm like, no, man, like, seriously, this is, this is proper, okay? Maybe after He's like, when I'm celebrating once you say yes for me to do this, but. So, so he says, do you think you actually have a chance at this? And I'm like, I'm going to be kicking myself, but don't. And he yeah. said, okay, you, you got this, go ahead. So I was like, holy shit, this is actually going to happen. So I call her back and I'm like, yeah, I'm in. So she sends me all the information on the, like on the email. Oh my God. I, I now all of a sudden have to come up with this plan. So what do we do? We break open a bottle of whiskey, go out in the driveway and we proceed to get shit based with our next door neighbors and another friend from work. Totally blew off the night. Woke up the next morning and I'm like, holy shit, what am I going to cook? Like, what are we doing? We didn't come up with a plan. (laughs) Yeah. We, we did not come up with a plan and now I'm behind the eight ball on this one. Yeah. Where, um, where are you go? Where, 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 bleh, where did you go? Where did you, okay? Like, so, so I, did you to... yeah. So it was in Vancouver. So we were living in the okay. Um, and it was at the Hyatt in downtown Vancouver. Um, okay. and I, I don't like driving. I hate it. I absolutely hate driving. Um, but I <clears> had didn't to drive when you lived in Winnipeg. I, I hate driving. I just yeah. hate it. I don't know why. It's just one of those things. I don't like doing it. Mm-hmm. Um. But I had to be at this tryout for MasterChef Canada for 7 a.m., okay? So I am, uh, well, and I I am roughly about an hour's drive away from where it was. So I had to be out of the house by 6. But I still had to come up with this dish. And I'd been on a real big fish kick lately. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to cook some fish. Okay. Now, now that you have that tidbit of information, here's one of the biggest kickers. When you get there, you have to have all of your food cooked. You can have it all separated. You have three minutes to plate your plate, but you cannot reheat anything. You cannot bring in a Bunsen burner or anything like that whatsoever. But I get this stupid ass idea in my mind that I'm going to fucking cook fish. Okay. Who wants to eat room temperature fish? I don't no eat one. fish. And that <laughs> right? Doesn't, it yeah. was the dumbest idea I've ever had. But. I figure, you know how I'm going to beat this? I'm going to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I'm going to cook the fish then and then I'm going to take it warm. Perfect idea. So I wake up and I cook it. I've got all my purees ready to go. I've got all my stuff. I put it into my backpack. All right, I'm out the door. I feel the butt coming. So I show up to this thing and I sign up and all these people are walking around with like coolers and like ice bags over their back and somebody actually had like a full-on like battery operated pizza heated bag that they were carrying their stuff in to keep it warm and i'm like what the hell is going on here these people have been here before they'd done the tryout so they knew what was going on meanwhile i'm walking with a like a piece of room temperature halibut in my backpack to both be like hey put me on your show (laughs) um so i walk i'm a master chef right but i walk in i sit down and they put me at this table and i'm talking to a couple of these people and they're like yeah this is my third tryout this is my fourth tryout this is my second tryout i'm like i knew about this three days ago like i have no idea what i'm doing here i'm so out of my league um so you get into the tryout part and they separate you into two groups and one group goes into a room they get to do their plating they get judged and then they come out and then the next person or the next group goes in that's how they explained it to us. So I was like, okay, cool. No big deal. Like my fish isn't going to be sitting for that long. 11 o'clock in the morning, the first group walks out. So now my fish has been sitting in my backpack for a little over six hours, give or take. And they're like, Hey, you guys are up. 
So I walk in and I pulled out my purees. I pulled out my fish. I pulled out my plates, all that kind of stuff. And I looked over to the person next to me and they've got 18 different containers with edible flowers and with random garnishes and everything else. And I'm like, I am so out of my league here. This is insane. I literally thought I was going to throw up. Like I was like, is there not an element of them knowing this? Like, Oh, these or do they just not give a fuck? No, like these people knew. Like all these no, people sorry, knew what I was mean, going on. But... I mean judges and production companies and stuff. Like they have well, to know the circumstances they're putting you in. Okay, so yes, they do. And that's the whole idea because they want to see how well you perform under pressure, right? Okay. You've got the opportunity. Like if you've seen the show before, you know that everything is all about the pressure test. Or We've like, watched full you... seasons, yeah. Like So like it's it's a show that, I mean, you're – you literally are thrown into a pressure cooker to cook. Like that's, that's literally what it is. Um, So anyways, you get your three minutes to plate. (laughs) They say, go, I got to squeeze my first parade bag. Damn thing explodes. And it's all (laughs) just ruined my plate. But you know me, if I've got a second pair of pants, I'm going to have a second plate in my bag. So luckily (laughs) enough, I pulled out the second plate, got it plated up, felt actually pretty confident about it because I was taking a look at everybody else's stuff. And yeah, they had a whole lot of ingredients, but their dishes just looked like a dog food like it just there was no rhyme or reason to anything right yeah um now if you guys have seen anything that i've done i'm not a huge plater so i am still practicing on that kind of stuff but at this time it wasn't it wasn't too too bad um but the judge came around and i had no idea who the judge was until after i left but he is actually a two michelin star chef that was just coming in for uh master chef canada to do all the tastings to help everybody so now i have a michelin star chef wanting to taste my now almost seven hour old which is oh man like it's just this is fantastic i'm sitting there i'm literally shitting my pants because i can't believe i'm about to feed this guy (laughs) and and he hadn't even eaten the fish yet yeah like i'm gonna make it sick yeah so uh, he walks up um, and he starts chit-chatting with me and we start talking about the dish and kind of telling him the techniques that I used and how I did it. He's tasting it and everything else. And I'm trying to see what he's writing. So he's got a clipboard sitting like this and he's kind of writing everything down. And I'm not allowed I'm trying to, to get a visual. Hold on. I'm trying to get a visual yep. here. So are you in like a conference room and there's 15 people on either side of you and this guy is walking along to each dish or is it you and someone yes, else no, in a room? That's it. Nope. There's inside the room. There was 30, 33 of us, I think, or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they'd had like uh, about eight rows of tables and there was four of us at each set of tables and you each had your station, but they would just walk around. Almost like the, the actual like, set like, of MasterChef to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Same idea. Like you're like, I was in the back row staring at somebody's back of their head the whole time. So, okay. Um, but anyway, so he's writing down all of this stuff on the paper and somebody said something to him. He turned around and I caught a clip to the paper and I scored fours all the way down, four out of five. And I was like, there is no way that you're a Michelin star chef because you have the worst talent in the world, man. Like, I don't know what the hell you're thinking. Like, I could not believe it when I saw it. I was like, oh my God, like, what are their criteria for this? Like, were they actually expecting to eat dog shit? Because if they were, mine would have been a four for sure. Um, but anyways, okay. So after that, we, uh, we go back into the waiting room. And we're sitting there kind of chit-chatting with everybody while the judges and uh, the past contestants were there too. Um, I don't know if you remember any of the past contestants, but there's uh, uh, Barry, um, Matt, um, a couple of the guys from like BC, uh, a couple of the guys that finished really well. Um, they were all there too. And they were all helping like guest judge, all that kind of stuff. So after, oh God, what was it? I think it was around three o'clock at this point. We still hadn't heard from them, so everybody decides to go downstairs into the bar and have a drink while we're waiting. 
Well, I have four or five drinks and I still haven't eaten anything since this, like since I left the house this morning at about five 30 in the morning. So I'm starting to feel pretty good. And they call everybody else back up. So we head upstairs and they call, I think it was like 15 names or something like that. And my name was one of them and they sent everybody else home and they kept us there. And I was like, this is kind of cool. Like, I feel like I'm actually, actually Some, kind of worth my time. Something's here. happening. So now they want to do the in-person on camera interview. And I'm a nervous guy as it is. And they tell me that I'm going to be on camera. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is even worse. Do I have time to go downstairs and drink two sticks so that I can come back up and be all hunky dory? Um, but finally, they were like, okay, here's the order that we're going to go in. And they tell me that I am the second to last person to get interviewed. And there is no way that I can wait this long. I've already been here all day. I felt bad because I left the wife with the kids and everything else. So I ended up calling her. And I was really nervous. And she's like, you've already gotten this far. There's no yeah. way you're just going to leave. You can't just walk yeah. away at that point. Yeah. So, okay. Smack myself in the face. All right, cool. Let's go. So <laughs> head back upstairs and start chit-chatting with, again, a lot of the past contestants and stuff like that, which I've actually, I've become friends with Matt now too. Um, he's a great guy. Super inspirational guy too. Um, but he literally just said, go in and be yourself. Like, that's the only thing that they want. They just want you to be yourself. So I walked in and it felt like everybody was in there for, I don't know, 10 minutes, roughly, give or take. My interview went 37 minutes. I still remember this to this day. Um, and they started asking me some really like deep questions. Like, okay, look, what if you were put into this situation in this time, like you had this much time left, what are you going to do with it? And it was very specific stuff. And I was like, man, these are getting really crazy. At the end of the interview, they bring me up a picnic basket. They're like, open it up. Okay. So open it up and there's five ingredients in there. I'm like, what is this chopped? And she's like, what are you making? Tell me now. Um, okay, here we go. Fuck. Yeah, like you, you, just, you really put me on the spot here. I was not yeah. expecting this. Uh, but everything felt like, felt like it re really well. So went home, didn't sleep for, I don't know, six weeks. Because um, <laughs> I really just don't, I, I hate waiting for stuff. Um but they said that they would let us know in four weeks time, I think is what it was. So four weeks time passes, don't hear anything. And I still had the information from the producer. So I sent her an email and said, Hey, you know, is there any word about what's going on with the people that are doing this? Anything from like the casting director or anything like that? Um, and it's like, literally I sent out that email and three minutes later or four minutes later, she calls me and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, what? hi, how's it going? <laughs> So we start talking and she tells me that everything went really well with my interview and I finished top 75 in Canada, but top 75 doesn't get you on the show. And I'm like, okay, well, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. She said, to be honest with you, you didn't do anything wrong. You just don't have a story, which is where that butt thing comes in because now that all of sucks. a sudden I'm realizing that it's tough. Um, a really good friend of mine, Mike Varga, um, he was on that season that I tried out for. I think it was MasterChef season five. Uh, he's the firefighter. He finished sixth that season. Um, Mike is a firefighter. He's a good looking dude. He's got a deep voice. He likes wearing deep V-necks. He makes TV. An electrician, dad of two, very unassuming guy. I, I don't make good TV. I, I watch yeah, good TV. I, li I, like get to, those I like episodes, to sit on TV. When you get those episodes where the family comes in and you get to see... Yeah, I, 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 I get it. I get it. But I also don't because 
I just feel like it should just be about who's the best at what they're doing. I mean, I guess if it's down to you and the, the firefighter and you're both equally as talented, you, I guess, I don't know, but. Well, and it's funny you say that too, because I've actually talked with a couple of the guys that have been on the show before. Um, and a lot of it comes down to who makes good TV. Um, and I, I mean, I can't drop any names because they dropped me some names and they weren't supposed to because they were binded by confidentiality. So even what I'm saying right now, we should probably delete this part of the conversation. Um, but what they were to. saying is, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, oh no. Um, but what they, but what they were saying though, is that sometimes the best cook didn't always be the one that was cut. Sometimes the yeah. best cook was the one that was actually winning. Um, and there was a case of one of the people who won a certain season, um, who found themselves in the bottom pressure tests more often than not, and they still won it. But the thing is though, is that TV ratings matter. So the whole idea of the like, um, best cook wins or something along those lines, it kind of, it lost a little bit of luster to me on that one. Um, but I think that's one of the major things that's actually pushed me now knowing that, I literally went there in three days and I threw down as hard as I could. I think I can stand up to just about anybody out there. Man, how many people across Canada auditioned for this show? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, it's insane. How many, I I think in BC alone, I think there was like 15,000 applications or something like that for that. Like just for the tryouts in BC. Right. 15,000 in one province. You didn't apply apply. and you finished top 75 in Canada. Yeah. Like they, they found me, they found me online. Like the producer was just floating around online and she found me on there. So. Um, I mean, it's, it's cool, but at the same time, I mean, I, I'm, I feel like that high school quarterback 20 years that you yeah. run into one time and be like, I could throw a football over those mountains still. Like that's like me it, talking it, about playing hockey. I was good at one point. Well, and now, I mean, if you put on skates, I'm pretty sure you would cut a hole in the ice right now. So it looked like bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's just one of those things that we yeah, got, like, we I mean, got that good, really cool. like almost an hour in without the. I, I'm sorry. I tried. Um, <laughs> um, but it's just one of those things, right? Like I, I the, the cooking shows were really cool and I always kind of wanted to be a part of one secretly, but at the same time, now that I've been through that process, know what happens in it, man, I am so happy where I'm at right now. I'm, I couldn't, I wouldn't have changed anything. That brings me I just to took the, would you do it again question. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's the thing. Nick and I have talked about this before. And I've actually, again, a couple of people that have been on the show before asked me if I would ever actually do the, uh, do the trials for it again. And I, I don't know. I really don't. And my biggest problem with it is that I am not somebody that likes to plate things. Like I am a very, with my photography, I like to focus on one thing. So mm-hmm. if say, for instance, I am making a rack of lamb and I'm making a chimichurri I'm making roasted potatoes, carrots for dinner. Okay. I'm going to take that rack of lamb and I'm going to get an amazing photo of that one thing. Okay. So that rack of lamb I focused on, I get myself an amazing photo of it. And then when I go to plate up everything for everybody, it's that classic, like one, two, three, four dish like that, you know, like everything's separated and it's just, it's on the plate. Cool. Everybody eats. Right. Um, And I think that would be my biggest downfall coming into something like that is that I just don't have enough experience plating for it. So I don't know if I would just knowing what my shortfalls are, but at the same time, the competitive side of me would be like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go and kill everybody. You're good. Like Like, that's, that's to me, it's like being the best at what you do and wanting to go to the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like you're, you are what I would consider to be the guy that, you know, 
we'll probably have grilled cheese for lunch tomorrow, but would you are in the, the top X percent of what you do, right? And you're not even working in a restaurant. Like I, you think it, you, 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 you work know, a day job and then you come home and you cook for your family and you're fucking good at it, you know? Well, like, hang on. So, so I'll stop you on that one. So I was doing that up until November. Um, and now I have actually decided to pursue this full time. So yes, full time now, I'm actually, so I am actually, I'm a recipe creator and a food photographer full time now. So I've actually, I've got a couple of different sponsors. I've got a handful of companies that I've worked with. Um, I've got a couple of different national companies and international companies that I've done photography for now too. So I've actually, I've taken what I've been doing as my side hustle and I'm, I'm all in. I'm so all you are in. no longer an electrician. I, I, technically I'm not, I do still have my red seal, but I'm not an employed electrician anymore. I'm a food, I'm a recipe creator and food photographer is what I tell everybody. Can you tell us your sponsors? Uh, yeah, I, I'm sponsored by Broking. Um, so Broking Barbecues is one of my big ones right now. Um, and, and man, Broking so good. And that's not me just to be like, Hey, Broking. No, their stuff is actually legit. That's like, um, that's you just like made a 10 big... Yeah, right? <laughs> that's broking, like broking, broking, thing, broking, Broking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal though. That's not like, th that's a big thing. It's, yeah. it is, it's actually, it's really cool. You know what the crazy thing is that with all my sponsors, with everything else, everybody's come to me. I have I not reached ask. out once. I've not yeah. reached out once because I always feel guilty and I always feel like it's a handout. If somebody wants to work with me, absolutely. And I've reached out to a couple companies and yeah, okay, we work with them and it's been great. Um, but like Broil King, they came to me. And they said, we like what you're doing. And I'm like, really? Because I'm like, at the time, I wasn't even a barbecue guy. I was just like a cook whatever I can when I can yeah. and do that kind of stuff. And they were like, we want you to be a part of our ambassadorship. And I'm actually, I'm the North American ambassador for them now, um, which is, it's a really cool feeling. And it's kind of one of those like really cool things to put on your resume. Like, feel like you can what does that mean exactly? Because like, that sounds like a really big deal. Um, it, I mean, it sounds a lot bigger than it actually is. I think they just gave me the title to pump tires. So um, pump away it's, though. We're uh, all about so, pumping tires on this podcast. People so come on and be like, oh, I don't really want to brag. No, brag. Go. <laughs> um, so essentially what that means for me is that um, they actually, they've got a website. Um, they've got recipes on their website. They've got a lot of photography. They've got an, it's like a fairly hyper Instagram account as well. Um, a lot of my photography and my recipes and everything else will actually be used by them. Actually, another company that I'm sponsored by, uh, Bradley Smokers. They're a vertical chest smoker. Um so they actually just released an ebook and it's got two or three of my recipes, a handful of my like photos in it. Um, it's the first time I've ever actually been published, which was really cool feeling. Like they came to me and they said, look, we know that you're sponsored by us. Like you're an ambassador, but would you mind if we use this stuff in the ebook? And I'm like, the only stipulation I have is you have to send me one so I can send it to everybody I know right yeah. now. So, um, but it was really cool. Um, uh, what else? What else? What else? I've got uh, Junior and the Kid. It's a barbecue sauce company out of Ontario. Um, they want to do a they are... the Kid spinoff? I mean, if you want to, I'm pretty sure you can talk to them, We can so. make our own barbecue um, sauce, they... boys. <laughs> I think you've eaten enough that you'd probably be able to come up with a real good one. I bet I you your barbecue say, sauce like... to blood ratio is very level at that point. I love so. barbecue sauce, so I'm not even going to argue that a little bit. Um, but anyway, so they're, they literally just put together a team. Um, and I'm one of them. I'm one of four or five guys in Canada that are going to be part of their, uh, like ambassador team. So, um, 
and then the other really cool one is reload rubs they are down in the states um their rubs are you posted I think, about them the other day and it, it was it, it was it a purple rub uh, no, it was a, I tried to make a purple chicken wing. I threw the rub on there too. Heads okay. up, if you ever try to make a purple chicken wing, don't use grape tang. It is the worst thing ever. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, that I, one I, of those ones that looked a lot better than it tasted. Well, the, oh. idea so, the idea sounded amazing when I tried to do it. So I took- well, It's kind of sweet. Like it's not, yeah. Well, and oh, so I, I took- I really tang. liked it when I was six. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I really, I tried for this one. So I took purple tang. I took uh, pickle brine uh, just because of the salinity in the, like in the actual liquid of pickle brine. Um, it helps actually, it helps make the chicken a little bit juicier and it helps kind of puff it up a little bit. A um, couple of different spices. And then I took red, blue, uh, red and blue food coloring to help make purple inside there. And I brined the chicken for 24 hours and I pulled it out and the chicken's purple, like legit purple people eat her purple. And I'm like, there is no way I'm about to do this. I threw it on the barbecue and it turned black because the purple pigment inside of it changed as it was like cooking and smoking. Cooking and the, up, yeah. the wing turned black. And I was like, God, that was such a cool idea. I bit into the wing. You taste tang. <laughs> Grape chicken. <laughs> is one of the weirdest things that you could ever get a hold of. Now, here's the kicker, though, is that I used the reload rub on it. I put two different types of rub onto it, so it was a sweet and a spicy. So I had sweet, spicy, purple tang chicken with this really weird sour note from the brine. So I just called it sour grape chicken, and I kind of was like, sure. Well, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. But Amazing. pro tip, pro tip though, don't use grape tang don't, to don't do, do it. it anything it is a terrible idea so i i uh i yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> i like to talk over people if you haven't noticed yes i know so i'm uh i'm on saturday night test kitchen okay for, there you go um I'm, I, i've already eaten dinner tonight we talked about before we started <laughs> recording that i have like wicked garlic breath because of the yes uh, the caesar salad. caesar salad that i ate yep. um I'm fucking hungry again. Looking at this, this stuff <laughs> looks. This stuff looks amazing. Um, so, Saturday night test kitchen. Everybody that's listening, please go do a follow. You're, seriously, this is not like this is not a shout out. I've shout out. I've I've put your page out so many times, and it's not because I'm biased. Because I'm your friend. Because oh, I see, it it it's so imp- it's so impressive to me yeah and the it's, candy and bacon. it's, it's a combination it's a combination of how impressive the food is but also how you photograph your food like it's yeah. just if, it's if anyone is at if, if anyone listening just go follow saturday night test kitchen on yeah. instagram because it's Good. it's so fun i'm the following other thing, the other i thing want too. Uh, all the recipes that you can send me for free well, heads up because there is a ton of stuff free because I have a website, um, SaturdayNightTestKitchen.com. So pretty, pretty straightforward, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But yeah, the website has, it has a whole bunch of them. It doesn't have everything. Like I am super lazy. I don't know if you know, well, Blake knows who I am. So, um, but the problem is, is that to actually take all that information and then put it up onto the website, it does take time. Um, and it's just time that I'm not really wanting to do it like there's the there's the odd time where i'll go and I'll batch load like yeah like I'll, I'll take a night one night and i'll batch load four or five. Oh, how old are your but, kids 
Um, my boy is turning eight in May, and my he girl. Can work computers now. Get him What's to that? do it. Oh, he can work on. computers now. Get him to do it. Man, it'll be. Uh, <laughs> I can hardly get that kid to sit still for two seconds, let alone sitting him in front of the computer. So Apple doesn't <laughs> fall far from the tree there. Oh God. Ha ha ha. Anyways, um, but yeah, um. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I've got that from like that's my website. Um, there's another one called bcsalmon.com or go wild bcsalmon.com. Um, they're a nonprofit organization in BC here. They promote uh, catching wild salmon as opposed to the farm salmon. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, but I would say probably close to about 75, 80, 85% of their website is my photography and my recipes. Um, I pride myself on the work that I do with salmon. I if I had the chance to, I would eat that stuff every day. I, I love BC salmon. It's got to be the best fish in the world. I was going to say, so, you're in the right place for it. So Yeah. And it's, it has got to be one of the best. It's one of the healthiest fish in the world, too. Makes we, smart. Were, we were sort of steamrolling, like, the, uh, you know, as we start kind of winding down, I like yep. doing this whole shout-out thing. And I feel like we're, we're doing that right now. So you've got Broil King, you've got, like, what else, what else do you got? What other people do you got to brag about that uh, are going to pay you um, to say this? <laughs> well, I'm Broil King's a big <laughs> one. Um, Br- Bradley's also the big one too. So they're actually, they're at a Delta in BC, but they're a, they're a chest smoker. Um, they're a great thing to have, like for people just to have it at home to like smoke fish. Um, you can get a cold adapter for it. You can do like smoked cheeses and smoked vegetables and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a really cool thing and they're pretty decently priced too. Um, but Bradley is one of my favorite ones to go to. Um, oh God, I don't even know. Like those are the four major companies for me. Um, I, I talked about my knives from a Manitoba. Oh, Mark. How did I forget about this? Yes. Uh, from Manitoba. So Mark is, Oh God, where is he now? Oh, he's just outside of Winnipeg. Anyways. Um, origin handcrafted. Um, so it is origin underscore handcrafted for Instagram. Um, his name is Mark Liss. Um, the man is a wizard. Um, he's made two knives for me and I cannot brag about that guy enough. You'll actually see both of his knives that he makes for me in a lot of my photos. I use them as cooking utensils, but I also use them as props because they're so beautiful. Um, he takes local wood. He takes local antler from deer, moose, um, elk, all that kind of stuff. And he incorporates all that into the handles themselves. Um, with the blades that he uses and all of his blades are all reclaimed metal. So it's all like reclaimed uh, saw blades, reclaimed uh, files, that kind of thing. Like man, That's the man is cool. legit. Yeah. That's super yeah. cool. Yeah. Mark, I would, I, I, we, I he well, doesn't we talk, owe me anything and I don't owe him anything, but that man, he is, he's salt of the earth. He's, he's such a good about, person. We talk about putting like passion into your craft when we were talking about photography and Yep. canoe paddles that sounds like that just like tenfold like oh 100 and he's actually ramped up his game too um when we first started talking he was doing things out of his shed and now he moved and he's got his own workshop and he's got everything like this the man is on top of the world right now and he's actually he's got a newsletter that's coming out too um <coughs> his newsletter i think comes out this friday as well if you hit up his website you can actually sign up for it but he does um six or seven knives um every newsletter that he makes doesn't show them and then on the newsletter he drops them and first first come first serve um and his prices are pretty reasonable too i think you're looking at around 350 dollars for a custom knife um, which is actually which, it really is reasonable absolutely especially considering some of the like prices on certain knives out there too like you can take a look at the henkel line the global line that kind of thing um with knives i mean as much as with anything else like you get what you pay for 
So yeah, yeah. Well, cool. you know what? It's it's all so cool, and you know, it's funny because like we we talk on this podcast all the time. Like we're, we we just it's so fun. It's I know so what a podcast is. Okay. I'm gonna finish my sentence. Good talk. Yet. It's so fun having all of these people that we can bring on here. I don't say nice things about you very often, so I'm just just bask in this. But like, it's so fun having people come on here that are just doing cool things, right? Like this coming week, we've got an an old hockey buddy of mine that's that's roasting coffee, and he is just like it is it is intense how well he's doing with it you know we've got you know you and 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 your cooking and your photography we've got you know just i can sit here i'm not going to sit and rattle off all our guests but it's just like it's so it's so exciting to me to see people come on yeah to to have people come on and just talk about doing what they love yeah right it's it's an amazing time in the world right now that and it, it this sounds way too like like I want to give you a hug kind of thing, but a little cheesy like it's, cliche. It's all yeah, but it's an amazing time in the world right now that you can actually be able to do this. Like my job right now in the 1950s, I'm a housewife. I'm yeah. literally a housewife, man. Like I, I am caring for the kids. I'm cleaning the house. I'm taking care of the dog. I'm making sure dinner's ready when my yeah. wife gets home. I am yeah. a house husband. Okay. But I get paid to do this now, which is yeah. actually really cool. You're super um, good well, at it. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy to think because because like realistically if you if you look at what you're doing you're taking pictures of food like it yeah. doesn't like if oh. you if you said that if you said that to yourself when you were 16 years old right if you if you went back in time to 16 year old you hey Corey, guess what you're going to be doing when you're x years old you're gonna be taking pictures of food you're probably gonna get kicked in the shins oh i probably i probably would have i probably would have beat the time traveling douche up like legitimately yeah. that's what i would have done <laughs> but it- it, it is just, simple. It just seems like, so crazy and right. Yeah, it's so amazing. Like, oh, there's Elliot, no way I could have seen myself ending up here. Like, there's Elliot, just you, you, no way. Elliot, we end, we end here, and you go to Olivia, and you say, "I just had our friend Corey on," and you have to explain to Olivia what Corey does. He takes pictures yeah. of food, but the, it's but then that's the, no different than saying your buddy makes knives or your you know the yeah. the canoe guy makes paddles. You know, like. It, Yes, these are when you simplify this exam, but this is genuinely a full time job. It's amazing. Absolutely. I'm not trying to downplay it or anything like that. It's it's, no, not at all. And whenever whenever I get into a conversation with people about what I actually do and I tell them that, they're like, so you just take pictures of food? I'll pull up my phone and I'll open up my Instagram account and just let them scroll through my page and just show them what I do because it's not just me making food. Like, yeah, I'm creating creating recipes. Yeah. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm taking these pictures that are, for the lack of a better term, I'm, I'm taking glamour photos of food. Now. Well, it's art. Um, but I'm, I'm making that food look like something more. And the thing, uh, on my, on my blog, um, one of the lines in my about page, um, and I still stick to this to this day, is that anything that I can do, you can probably do better, because I have no training whatsoever. I'm just a guy that likes to eat. I mean, let's be honest. I'm surprised I'm not 300 pounds and I'm surprised I'm not stuck on the couch, like with my Cheetos wrapped around me or anything like that. Like I, I love food, but at the same time though, like I respect food and I respect people that can cook for a living. Like there is a guy in Winnipeg, Tyrone Wilshinsky. Um, he was the chef at Nonsuch and now he's opened up his own sausage company out there. 
um, free plug Wachinski uh, sausages. Um, but that man is an absolute genius. This guy is curing all of his own different charcuterie sausages, meats, salumis, like everything. Like this guy, he's found this one thing that he is amazing at, and he's turned it into something completely different for himself. Well, you need. Um, but like those kinds of people, like, yeah, like I, I can cook up a dish. I can take a picture of it. That's cool. But this guy has now taken the science of food and created it something for himself. And yeah. it's such a cool thing. Like I, I have such a deep respect for people like that. Um, one of the problems, I, I'm just going to touch on this real quick. One of the problems that I always come up with too, is that when people actually contact me or talk to me, uh, they'll actually call me chef and I, I know that nobody really knows the difference between anything like that, but I've actually got a couple of chef friends and I, it's a term I, I actually, of, yeah. it's, but it's That's the same thing as being called, it, yeah, it's the same thing as being called a journeyman. Like you're called yeah. a journeyman because you are a journeyman. You have that red seal. I'm not a chef. I mean, I'm hardly even a home cook. Let's be honest. I'm more of just a photographer. Um, but to no, be called a chef. Don't sell like yourself you, short though. Like you, 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 you can't sell yourself short. We, I, I, I'm speaking, not trying to, I'm not necessarily trying to sell myself short um we're more so what with i'm the trying to tire steam but what i'm more trying to do though is that there's a lot of other people out there that have some amazing talents um and there's there's so many of them like i was saying before like coming back to this day and age it's amazing to be alive right now because there's so many different people doing so many different jobs that all of a sudden you take a look at it and you're like wow that is so cool like just to be yeah. able to have that opportunity it's such a cool yeah. thing yeah aaron you typically come, you have these deep thought provoking question. So I'd I want to, where's your I, notepad? I, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you on the spot. And if you had to ask Corey a question, that's going to hurt his little brain before we close off today. What do you want to know? Take a moment to think about, take a moment to all think about it. it. Is it all worth it? I love it. Sweet. Every move that I have made in my life is 100% worth it. Where I am right now, who I have in my life, what I am doing in my life, I wouldn't change a thing. Absolutely not. There you go. So there's and a that, I, I don't even I don't even bat an eye at that Ooh. question because I've somebody's asked me before. Not necessarily that way, but I, I would not change a single thing, how I've done it, where I did it, who I did it to. I'm here now. And I couldn't be happier. Things happen, personal life, good, bad, fun, not fun, all these things that all take you to one place. Yep. And it's, uh, yeah, no, like I said before, it's super cool to just sit. I love listening to my friends brag. We've had so we've had people come on here though that are like, well, you know, I don't want to brag. No, brag, go. Like we can't, we're allowed to brag. We're allowed to be proud of ourselves. Like it, you've, you've got this thing, this, this almost like unspoken, like, don't do this mentality where people like feel wrong, you know, or, or, or arrogant. It's not arrogant. You're good at what you do. And you're allowed to tell people you're good at what you do. I'm good at what I, I do for a living. I'm, okay I'm super with Roman. I'm super Roman Catholic. So I always have this deep seated regret for anything I've ever done in my life. So <laughs> that's just, that's the way I was raised. <laughs> after, after he turns off the camera today, he's just going to whip himself for about 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> I've already cinched up the leg crevasse and I'm ready to just start laughing. <laughs> myself. Well, oh, yeah. wow. We're, I, I feel like we've kind of, <laughs> we've kind of worked our way through the story front to back. And, uh, 
there's a portion <laughs> of our episode that we actually forgot to do with you on on Saturday. Um, yeah, you live it's in a another very part important, of, very important piece. You love our, you live in show. another part of the country, and we end all of our episodes this way. This handsome man, I don't know what part of the of the screen he's in for you. I'm looking at the bottom right. Aaron, Aaron, yes, Aaron is very single, and we're always looking. (laughs) We're, 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 uh, I'm gonna stop you there. I'm married with two kids. I might have a beard on my face, but I'm not (laughs) throwing any other beards any other way. Okay. (laughs) You've got that BC poll, so just keep an eye out if you got any friends for Aaron. Some lovely ladies. I'll give you. I'll give you a tip right now. Sink your fingers. No, that is a terrible. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Okay? Um, Calm down, Donald Trump. Let, let's let's start this again. I'm gonna give oh. you a tip. Get yourself a nurse. One of the smartest things that you can do. They work their asses off, but they are loyal and super smart people. And the really cool thing about them is that they're unionized, so they get crazy amounts of holiday time and really good benefits. So <laughs> and- I love. And when you and when you cut your finger off with one right. of those super cool knives, you're good. Hang on, you're fine. So I don't know if you guys can see it, but there's a lump right on my palm right there. Is that, a, is that, that a callus from? That's not a callus. Oh. So when we moved into the house in Langley, this is going to be the last story that I'm going to tell tonight. I'm hoping Nicole doesn't hear it. So um, when we first moved into the house in Langley, I actually had to I'll build a fence a clip of across the backside, but I had to build a uh, a rolling door so that we could get in and out of it. I'm using my drill, trying to drill three inch spikes into a two by four into another two by four. It skips, it pops out. I drop my drill bit into my palm and it goes in about three quarters of an inch. Okay. I pull it out. It doesn't start bleeding, but I immediately go into shock because I can see the square hole in my hand. So I walk up to my wife. And I'm like, I just put my drill into my hand. She's like, it's not bleeding. I'm like, I'm in shock. I'm going to pass out. She brought home skin glue a little while back, okay? And this is like full-on medical-grade skin glue. Yeah. So she takes my hand, cracks it open, and she splits it open. So she takes the hole and widens it out a little bit. She's never used this stuff before, but she takes it, and she's like, well, let's just pour it in there. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go in and seal it, right? It goes in. It feels like hot-burning acid through my body, okay? This thing just attacks me, and I'm like, do oh, well my God. These it, things. it hurts so much. But either way, it healed up, okay? totally fine so i go to just pull this off because we thought it was done this is weeks later so i go to pull it off the top layer comes off that little bump is still a piece of skin glue from when we moved into the house and it still hasn't moved from my hand and you can actually roll your finger over top of the whole thing Uh. marry a nurse that's not too smart that's all (laughs) i'm gonna say (laughs) amazing all right on that note (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't think we we, we we stop we can't it's it's a mic drop we should just end the episode now <laughs> yeah. no we're not gonna do it <laughs> thank you Corey, for coming on hey 100%. thank you guys thank you guys so much this is so much fun i know we didn't get to post the one from saturday thank goodness but um this is a lot of fun i this worked guys, out if you guys ever yeah. need to step in yeah no you're coming you're show. coming back there's no way you're not coming yeah. back I've, I've got so many stories still. So I know I, we, you and I could, we actually didn't tell any of the story because we told some stories. Well, we're not going to get into it now, but you no, and I we're have not stories to. even on our own. 
Oh God, that one night that we had to break into my apartment. Yeah, climbing up, boosting you up <laughs> to the second story balcony. Yeah, we'll that was a good. Well, we'll save it. You're coming back, and we'll save it. That Sounds that's good. that's what they call in the business a tease. Yes. Right, there you go. Yeah. Right. Corey, right and... Corey boosted me yeah. up. We should t- we should have teased it that way. That much more impressive. Did you have a front end loader for that? Exactly. No. This is back when I used to be able to bench press 700 pounds, right? No big deal. I got a dad bod now, so I'm allowed to make those jokes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll start talking about the airline. Hey, another listen, time. Another let's time. not talk about that. <laughs> let's go. We <laughs> got Ikea fight. furniture to build. All right. <laughs> so, Corey, thank you so much for, for coming out and, uh, and hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Aaron, thank you as well for taking the time. I know uh, weekdays are sometimes a little bit uh, more nutballs for you with work and everything. So I'm happy that uh, we were able to make it work. Blake, I don't give a shit what you do. So there we go. Uh, thank you once again for tuning in to Geezers and the Kid. This has been fantastically fun, and we'll see you next time. I don't know. I, I, I usually say next week because it's usually yeah. a week later, and now it's going to be like three days later. So whatever, we're, it's all we're we're coming up with some sweet guests. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, this is we got just, some good stuff coming. Just, Please stay this tuned. This is starting the momentum in the right direction. So yeah, we're going to have a good one. So thank you yeah. once again. Once again, this has been Geezers and the Kid, and we'll see you next time, boys. Bye bye. Oh, 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 oh,